get ready to throw perfection out the window because you're tuned in to the Honestly Imperfect podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Penhorwood, and I'm a marketing coach and the founder of Harper Collective, where I help business owners master their PR and simplify their marketing. Each week, we'll be unlocking valuable tips to up-level your business and sharing honest conversations with entrepreneurs to uncover their stories and wisdom to inspire you to take action. Now let's dive into this week's episode. After years of working in business, Sandy couldn't unsee the amount of waste that goes into everyday products we buy, especially those that go on and near your skin. That's what motivated Sandy Ronalds, the founder of Natfi Basics, to take on the challenge of creating a sustainably conscious underwear brand that is better for our bodies and the planet. Soon after launching, the brand began to grow rapidly, and in today's episode, we chat about the challenges, stories, and wisdom that Sandy gained along the way to inspire you on your own business journey too. We delve into what the business growth journey has been like, how Sandy navigated uncertain times as a business owner and a leader for her team, and where she finds inspiration to stay motivated and in momentum. This episode is filled with so many key takeaways that will inspire you to think differently, both in your business and your everyday life, and I'm really excited for you to dive in. Welcome to the Honestly Imperfect podcast, Sandy. I am so excited to have you here today because you've created a really incredible brand that's based a lot about sustainability, but also making women feel good in themselves and their bodies. So I'm really looking forward to hearing about your journey of growing and starting your business. So a big warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit about the early days of starting a brand? Can you tell us firstly what it's all about and what inspired you to create it? What initially inspired me was obviously my daughter. Um, I really wanted to create a brand that bettered her future. And I thought that was really important um, because I definitely wanted to start my own business, but I just didn't want to start another business for the sake of it. It had to actually benefit the people and the planet, which is, you know, part of our core of everything that we do. So that really inspired me. And then the everyday woman also really inspired me as well. I wanted to offer her something better, a better choice, um, more options to make a better decision for herself and the planet. And what was it like having that idea and then going, okay, where do I get started to creating an underwear brand? Like, where did you even begin? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, It's like hectic to go back and think about that because um, all the lessons I've learned since that day, like you think, oh, great, I'm going to have this idea and it's just going to go smoothly and it's not until you actually start that you come up with all these challenges and they hit you in the face like quite severely, <laughs> especially when you come into the sustainability world. It's quite difficult to do things better. It's more expensive. It's hard to find the technology. So yeah, everything's been a huge challenge and it's difficult to explain how it all unfolded, but it hasn't been easy. I love that you share that because I was actually thinking about this the other day. I went out for drinks with a friend who she works in a corporate role. And I thought to myself, sometimes when we run a business, we take for granted 
how much we actually put into it and we don't give ourselves credit. And I thought if she wanted to go and start a business, what would I share with her? Where would she even start? And I thought to myself, the biggest lesson I would share with her is that really having a business is all about you're going to get knocked down multiple times and it's having that courage and strength to get back up again and again and again with that resilience to be like, we will figure this out and to just keep going. So I love that you share that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like coming from a strong purpose, like having a purpose behind the brand before you start um, really helps with driving you forward and understanding where your core values lie rather than just starting a brand just because, you know, we just don't need more brands these days as thousands. We really need to get back to the why and the purpose of why we're doing it in the first place and um, build from there. Mm. And how did you define your purpose? Did you do a specific exercise around it or what did you do that maybe listeners could start to think about their own purpose? I I suppose like I wanted to do something with purpose. So I really sat down and thought about what I wanted to do and why I wanted to do that. And then it sort of built from there. Mm -hmm. What made you decide that an underwear brand was the avenue to go down because there's so many different directions that you could have gone in. What inspired that idea? Well, back in 2017, it would have been around that sort of timeframe. I remember it specifically because that's when it sprang into my mind. I was actually online just shopping for underwear myself and um, I was going through and looking at all the classic brands that we've grown up with, of course, because, you know, they're the ones that we know. And um, I was really not shocked, but just concerned with the lack of transparency that they had on the website. And there was no real push or nothing shown on the site about what they were wanting to do to better people on the planet. And from there, I was like, well, you know, this is what I want. So maybe I should go out there and create it like something that I want to buy. And hopefully women that are similar to me will want to buy from me. I guess with that industry, is there any insight that you can give us? Because I really would have no idea, but why do you think sustainability is so important within that specific industry? I think it's super important because we all wear underwear at the end of the day. The problem is like we we can't really recycle underwear. So we we can't go to the op shop and buy it because it's really unhygienic. And, and so, you know, I often buy things from thrift shops and to be more sustainable. And, you know, that's quite an easy way to be more sustainable. But when it comes to underwear, definitely not an option. And so we should really care about how our underwear is made and where and how. So, yeah. (laughs) I love that. So when you had the idea, the business then started to grow, what has that growth journey been like for you? We've actually had some really incredible growth, which I'm pretty proud about. To start off with, when I first started at B, I literally set up in my mum and dad's spare bedroom. And so I had one of their spare bedrooms was my office and the other spare bedroom was like my little picking and packing area. And so I literally stayed there for at least six months and then we sort of outgrew that space. And so then I moved into my brother's spare, he had like this big pool room area essentially. So we moved into that and then I literally employed my brother to help me. (laughs) And then after pretty much coming into our first year of operation, we had to move into a commercial premises. So that was sort of the first little year of, of growth. And then from there, we've been, we're still in the same premises. Um, coming into our second year, we had a really big year. So in our full second year, financial year, we hit the 4.84 mil mark in revenue, wow. which was huge for us, especially only being a very tiny brand and having by that stage five staff members. 
So you can imagine the sort of hard work that's going into the little brand all day, every day to sort of reach those financial figures. But we're super proud of that. So that's why I'm happy to share that journey as well and those numbers. (laughs) And what was that transition like for you from a mindset perspective? You've gone from working in that room at your parents' house to then the pool room to then having a team and reaching those sort of figures in your business. Was there any mindset growth that went on for you as well during that time? It's hard to really say. I'm I'm one of those people that really just, if if something has to be done, I I get it done. You know, I'm typical A-type personality. I love like hard facts, figures, like just show me, you know, what's happening. I don't want any fluff around, you know, (laughs) analytics or anything like that. I'll typically come into a day of work. I'll sit down and I'll look at Monday, which is our project management system. And I'll prioritize like all the tasks that need to be done and, you know, have a team meeting with the staff if I have to, or sorry, call them my team if I have to. That's sort of my mindset. I, I just like to really get stuff done and get on the front foot. And did you think when you were packing orders in the early days, did you think that the business would reach this level? Not so quickly, to be honest. Um, I was expecting it to take some time and I was actually willing to allow that time and not put too much stress on myself, especially because we launched just before COVID sort of kicked off. So I had no idea about the uncertainty that, you know, lockdowns and all that sort of saga could bring to a business. So yeah, I I wasn't expecting the sort of growth that we had. You know, I chat to a lot of business owners, especially at the moment, and I feel like there still is a lot of uncertainty. Mm. Do you have any words of wisdom for them on, you know, you've grown a business in the height of uncertainty? What would you say to them to maybe give them some confidence during this time? Look, actually, to be honest, the macroeconomic state that we're in at the moment is a lot different if you're an e-com business to what it was during covid if I'm to be honest, during COVID, it was actually not a blessing in disguise for e-com, but it made things a lot easier because people were unfortunately locked down at home, sometimes alone, and they had nothing else but their phones. So they were on their phones. They were probably, you know, buying online because you couldn't go to the shops. And so it literally helped, I think, our business at least really scale quite quickly during that time frame. If you think about it, you can't go to the shops. You may be bored, maybe alone. You want to make yourself feel better. You're on your phone and you're seeing ads pop up. You, you're going to buy. So in this first half of the year, it's definitely been a different, like a different landscape to navigate. And it's definitely been more of a challenge in my opinion. Um, there are some numbers that are coming out around because lockdowns are over. People are more happy to go back to the traditional shopping experience, which is a bricks and mortar setup and have that experience again, going back in, which is starting to, well, which has affected I think slightly the traditional e-com online only, which is what we are. So, yeah, for someone that's starting a business, just push through and just understand that it is a, a slightly difficult climate at the moment compared to last year. But yeah, just know your numbers, know your customers, know your why and your purpose and just make sure yeah, you're understanding those things. So it's really those fundamental things that are going to help you navigate and make decisions no matter what type of climate we're in, whether it's a climate of growth or maybe feeling a little bit more challenged. And are there any stories that stand out to you that have been really big challenges that you've had to overcome throughout the business growth? 
There's been a lot. I mean, daily we have interesting things that pop up on social media. I mean, obviously being an online business can be difficult at times. Everyone's got their opinion these days, which can be sometimes hurtful. Like, look, it's my baby. It's like, you know, talking to my daughter, Mackenzie. So I don't mind if people have like good feedback, you know, I take on board, but you know, when the tone's off and it's just rude, it can be quite hurtful. So during COVID, some of the challenges were we couldn't get stock in time to keep on the shelves. Um, Then my biggest challenge that I've had is I ordered then too much stock, expecting it to stay that way. And then so I've been stuck with like inventory that is sitting there for longer than what it should be. Obviously, that takes a lot of cash flow out of the business because, you know, we pay for everything up front before we have even, you know, landed it and stocked it on the shelves to get out. Oh, one of the biggest challenges that we have when it comes to sustainability is um, we, we, we do our best every day, but we, we totally understand that we're not perfect and we're far from perfect. I'm constantly trying to find ways to help the end user have an end life for the product. And at the moment, it's, it's impossible. So, you know, usually when you have normal garments like clothes and things like that, you can actually recycle the actual fabrics and send them to recycling facilities. But with underwear, because of the hygiene reasons behind it, you, they don't want to touch it. So trying to find the balance of that is really difficult. And um, we're also striving to make 100% sustainable knickers. And that's been ongoing since day dot and still haven't found the perfect answer for that yet or the solution. But you'll get there. I'm going to keep fighting. (laughs) I I keep on trying to find, like I go to expos all the time and, you know, textile industry, you know, events, and it's just still not there as far as I can find. And then there's also that mindset of if you do make something 100% biodegradable and you've got customers buying it, you know, every 100 days, new underwear, is that sustainable as well? Because we still have to grow the trees to make the product. How long does that take? Then you've got to use all the resources to break it from tree to fiber down, to make it into the yarn, to make it into underwear. There's all these steps in the process. And even if they're 100% biodegradable, is it the best solution in the end? It's sort of what is the balance and always trying to educate ourselves and, and get better in that area is at the forefront and, and the biggest challenge, to be honest. How have you really stayed inspired with that mission while going through those challenges and really stayed as that leader for your team as well? Yeah. Well, I suppose like my family inspires me and obviously my team, like I'm responsible for them. I want them to have a safe, happy workplace, but then also, you know, the state of climate change, like, you know, that's (laughs) how could you not be inspired by that? You know, it's the fate and the future of our children we have to care about this. And it's something that everyone should be mindful of at least and doing their best every day to make steps for the better. Even if it's tiny, yeah. like it doesn't matter. Like you don't have to be a warrior of the world. Like just try to do one thing a day that's going to better you and the future. And I think just holding it in your mind as well while you're making your everyday decisions, it's, you know, even for example, my partner was running out to the shops yesterday and I was like, don't forget your bag. And he was like, oh, and ran yeah. back in and grabbed it. But it's just those little, you know, I could have just sat there and said nothing. It's just those, it becomes, I think it becomes a habit once you get used to it and you start Absolutely. making better decisions. And if we all do something small each day on a massive scale, that's that's huge anyway. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and what would you say to business owners who are maybe, in the same stage of business as you 
and they're struggling to stay inspired, do you have any tips that you could give them? I, I often will be anxious or feel uninspired, you know, here and there. And I think that's totally normal. I think first of all, recognizing it's normal. Like you can't be like, you know, you or like all day, every day. It's just not a, a normal human trait to sort of have. You're going to have your ups and downs and, and recognizing that's normal is I think first and foremost. And and then secondly, like if you are feeling like if I feel uninspired on a day, like quite anxious and feeling like, oh, everything's a little bit like everything's wrong. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, everything's failing around me. And I've got this problem, this problem, that problem. I'll often actually just take myself out of the office because I don't really want to project that energy onto my team. They don't need to see me in a state of like panic. <laughs> it's not going to do anything for them or for me. And so I'll often just like work from home or in a safe space where I can actually feel like safe to just chill out, re sort of focus and understand where my priorities are and how to best sort of reprioritize. And and I have a pity party for like a day usually on myself. (laughs) I'll have a pity party out of the office and then I'll like snap back into it. Like, right, that's enough. You need to like get back on. And, you know, the best way to get back is just to get straight back into it. And well, for me anyway, everyone's different in that respect. So I suppose just do what works for you, but that's what I sort of do. I, I totally feel that. I feel like whenever I'm in a state of anxiety or worry, action is the best medicine. Absolutely. It's just taking action, getting into movement. If you're controlling your, like, that emotion, like, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And controlling what you can control as well. Absolutely, yeah. What would you say is the next step for you? What's the next vision that you have to grow the business where are you at now? Um, I think with the challenging macroeconomic conditions this year, we're really just like bunkering down, maintaining what we did last year, essentially. Um, we're really concentrating on our, our tech stack um, and making sure that that is all functioning. I mean, it, it gets so big these days with all the different, you know, we've got Shopify, we've got NetSuite, which is our ERP system. And then we've got you know, all these apps shooting off Shopify for different things like Yopo and Clavio. And and sometimes they don't really necessarily talk that well together. So really nailing down that ready for hopefully when there's not so much pressure on our poor customers, like you have to think our poor customers at the moment, we've had so many interest rate rises in the last, you know, couple of months that, you know, it's a scary time for people. And when our customers do it tough, we we do too because, you know, we're an economy. So we're, we're really concentrating on just getting our systems and procedures right so that we can continue to scale without too many teething issues. Yeah. So that's sort of where we are. And then hopefully next year we'll be able to move out of our warehouse, which we're currently in, and into a bigger premises because we're, we are so overcluttered right now in our warehouse because we've outgrown it so quickly. But we really need to... Yeah, get a bigger place so that we have room to move, essentially. That sounds so exciting. And lastly, how are you embracing imperfection in your life at the moment? Um, I do that all day, every day, (laughs) (laughs) because, like, I'm never going to be a perfect human and I'm totally aware of that and I'm totally okay with that because I think striving for perfection is a dangerous game because it's almost unachievable. So I think it's a silly goal to have. And I also think in a business sense, if you're striving for like to be perfect and you get there, are you still pushing yourself to do better and make gains in the business? Well, I don't think so. Like it seems like you're pretty comfortable and 
to get to perfection. Um, I've never seen a business that has, but I think being perfectly imperfect is amazing. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories and your journey with us today. I know that it's going to inspire listeners on their own journey as well. So I'm really grateful. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love if you could leave a review or share a screenshot to Instagram and tag at Honestly Imperfect Podcast so that I can pop on over and say hello. I can't wait to connect with you again soon.